best pie. <laughs> best pie. What? Where do we go? Oh, my local. Down, um, just down the road and around the corner. Really good pies. Like a whole massive cabinet filled with different flavor pies. But the mince one's always the best. Mince? Yeah, man. Yeah. Don't even try and put the cheese <laughs> thing on it. Ugh. Why? It's not it's not called pie boy pies, is it? No. Is it pie boy pies? Are you trying to figure out where I live? No, 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 no. There was a guy here, um, uh, this baker called Pie Boy Pies, and he moved to Taranaki. Oh, and his no, pies were outstanding. I cannot say. Mm. No, but anything. yeah, mince pie. Nothing beats a mince pie. No sauce. Mm. Oh, we'll agree to disagree. It's okay. Um, have you ever had a power pie, cream power pie? <laughs> Yes, and I've had like butter chicken pies and lasagna pies. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had a cheeseburger pie? No, I have Fielding. not. Go to Infield and go to the Rose Bowl Bakery, and they do a cheeseburger pie. Friendly Fielding. Mm. Very friendly Fielding. <laughs> yep. It's no, it's no Taranaki, but it's got its own charms. <laughs> I was like voted best town. For like 10 years in a row kind of thing. I don't know how I know that, but I do. He's probably told you because he tells everyone. <laughs> Are you from Fielding? From Fielding, yep. Friendly Fielding. Friendly Fielding, mm. see? Yeah, born and bred. Not there now, but we know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> before we digress too far, Steph, are you talking about the storylines to us? <clears throat> oh, super fun. Super, oh, but exhausting and terrifying. I think if you are an author or a writer um, for kids, if you can get on a storylines tour, do it. It is the best professional development you will ever do. You rock up to probably like six schools a day. There's a few other authors with you. You tour around schools all day. You get out and you don't know what is happening you don't know if you're talking to a class of five-year-olds or a whole assembly filled with teenagers you know it's so you really have to think on your feet and you have to be prepared and you have to be um you know just on and engaging and and it's so fun and the kids are so lovely and so beautiful and I always say to them who likes reading and you'll get like <laughs> half of them going Yay. And the other half are just like, no. And then you're like, who likes writing stories? And like, even less, you know, except for some nerdy little one up the front who's going, me, me. <laughs> and then you say to them, well, who likes watching TV? And they start perking out. Who likes watching Netflix? Who likes YouTube? Who likes playing video games? And they're all like, yeah. And I'm like, those are all stories you know, and somebody wrote that for you. And then they all kind of go, oh, my God. Wow. You know, it's like they never really thought about that before. And when they think of writing, they tend to think of it as books, hard, big, thick books. You know, they don't really think of it as a video game. You know, somebody wrote that game for you, um, you know, or a TV show or a YouTube, a YouTube <laughs> or whatever, you know. It's, it's, it's funny. It's like on <laughs> yeah, going on the interweb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like you're saying before, you've written novels, but also writing for TV. 
there's a storytelling. It's almost like a, a storytelling that's um, almost over and above writing novels or screenwriting. It's the idea that it's storytelling. Yeah, I used to have that on my LinkedIn. I just really like um, being able to adapt to the different formatting and, you know, yeah, I like that technical side of it, of being able to, um, you know, format it and um, describe stuff for different genres. You know, like in a novel, if you're talking about a forest, you lit you have to describe the forest. You know, it's it's leafy and, and sunlight filtering through the big fern leaves. But if you're writing a film, you just write a forest and then, you know, props and locations they do all that which is quite nice you can get on with just the writing of the story and of the plot how is you with the isn't so much getting the kids to write it's getting them to edit and to remember to put capital letters in things what's your tips and tricks for that i hated editing when i was little <laughs> like it was such a mission to just write it in the first place that i didn't want to write it again yeah you know i guess what you would do well what i would do now if i was them is go mm -hmm. Yay, I love your first draft. That's amazing. Um, write it, you know, how we were talking before about writing it from a different point of view yeah, yeah, and then yeah. get them to write it from a, someone else's point of view. And then when they've got all those different <clears throat> different bits of writing about the same thing, then they've got enough knowledge in their minds to be able to write the final one that incorporates all those things that they've been thinking about more fully. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. We'll give it a go. Yeah. Mm. Or, um, you know, or even try writing it as, as a poem or try, you know, the same thing, but just doing it in different ways so that you get <clears throat> a different um, perspective on it. Yeah. I'm going to try that tomorrow. You've just given me my first lesson plan. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> um. Without giving too much away, Steph, you talked about uh, the migration one, which sounds really cool. How many sort of things are you juggling at a time? Like you have seven or eight stories going on it's, in your head or, or 30? It's a or... nightmare. It's a nightmare. <laughs> this is why I want a real job where you only have to do your job and then you go home and you don't think about the job. That's what I want to do. No. Okay. So this is what I'm doing at the moment. I have three books in the editing process. I have a young adult novel, Migration. I have a picture book as well, and I'm supposed to be looking at the illustrations for it, and I've been sick and I haven't had time. Don't get at me, okay? I also have a, um, and a junior fiction novel, which has just come back with all its edits, so I have to go through all that. Um, I'm working on an animated TV show for, like, four-year-olds at the yes. moment as well. Um, just finished done work on storylining for a TV show for um, kind of older older kids, uh, like 10 years old, you know, the kid alt kind of audience, yep. <clears throat> judging for the storylines, notable book awards. And there's something else I've forgotten. Oh, the Kupu Festival. Kupu Māori Writers Festival is on next week in Nurotorua. So I'm doing a presentation there as well. So I'm kind of, awesome. yeah. So there's always a lot going on. And well, um, too busy rather than too much to do rather than not enough. It's a lot to juggle. Well, this right? is true. This is true. I, I always feel like I'm going to drop the ball though, you know. I feel like I'm going to, something drastic is terribly is going to happen and 
know, I'm going to let down a whole bunch of people. So I've got to. <laughs> hey, you should give teaching a go. <laughs> <laughs> you guys make it so starting in. Ruining lives since way back. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot going on at the moment. It's great. Awesome. Oh, well, um, Steph, really appreciate talking to you. Awesome to chat, but hopefully um, you've enjoyed it and, and hopefully but you might come back on again if you're keen. We'd love to oh, talk I'd to you. I'd love to. I'll book you in. If you can, but if you... to be honest, I mean, I've literally said everything. Like, what else would you even ask? I'd just be repeating myself. I think he wants you to interview him next time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll lose the five listeners we've got already. So, <laughs> uh, awesome, Steph. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. You're a legend. Thank uh, you so yeah, much. Really enjoyed it, and hopefully we can do it again. So, uh, so Steph Mataku, eh? what a cool, uh, what a cool author, cool yeah. lady. You can tell she's done a lot of work with radio. Eh? Super engaging. Absolutely. And even, animated, yeah. Even her descriptions of those storylines to us, yeah, yeah, it got me. Uh, yeah, it certainly got me interested, and I felt a bit bad for us, to be fair. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, even with just describing um, what kids are like, uh, who loves reading? Uh, you know, yeah. So no, really awesome, really engaging. Oh yeah, sorry, you go. No, well, just after meeting her, now I can see a lot of her personality shining out in some of those characters. And I know it's sort of based it on the mum initially. There's definitely elements of those two characters and falling into the Arohinga that are a bit of her. Um, for me, what I really enjoyed in there was that um, the whole bit about just young people and even the way she just described those stories, young, flight of the fantail, young people on a school camp, goes off a cliff, stuck in the bush, mm. suddenly something else weird starts happening. Yeah. Half of them are dead. Like straight away, that's a really engaging concept. Yeah, yeah. It's not too far out there for the kids to really buy into or imagine at the, at the beginning, anyway, mm. right? Before the voices start kicking in and all that sorts of things. Yeah, really, um, there's something in for young because her work is really successful. Yep. And it's had a big uptake. And obviously, when you get production companies or television companies interested in stories, it's because they can see the appeal of that story. Mm, mm. There's something I really like about the fact that those are really. Um, they're just like really, really cool young people adventures. Yeah, yeah. And they're not, not there's anything wrong with this. And I want to get my wording here right. Apologies to people who think otherwise. But it's not as if they're profound epics, epics or moments of realization on a real personal level. It's, it's a really cool adventure story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're targeted young people. Obviously, young people like them. Absolutely. Well, even I was. Really engaged in the characters of Tui and Kai. So one scene is Tui comes out of class and she's a prefect and she looks across the field, automatically knows her brother's another scrap. And it's so, uh, well, built around what these kids experience sometimes at college. And also when they get home and there's that conflict between one's kind of the good kid and one's the naughty kid in the mum's eyes and they play off those two characters with each other. Mm. And I certainly remember growing up, not that I was too mischief, but my brother was definitely a lot of mischief. And there was that whole, oh, he's a good kid, he's a naughty kid. And you're known like that throughout the town as well. Mm. And there's a lot of that in there. And I think there's a lot of that with these kids' lives that we, we're teaching. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess it's um that ability to is another level of connection there, right? Eh? Mm. You know, you can see yourself in stories and you can see yourself or relate to something, then whatever the adventure is or whatever the plot is, here's a character you identify with. Yeah, you're already on that ride. You talk about these ones here. Well, I don't think too many people other than Maui have probably gone into Rarohinga before. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not about that. It's about these two characters yeah. living their lives, which which is cool. Can you think of many other novels where it's the characters that engage us with maybe the plot and the setting being secondary to that? And as always, I'll try and put an 80s, 90s movie <laughs> sound on it for myself. The Goonies. Absolutely, The Goonies. The Goonies, 100%. Yep. Um, I was just thinking um, there's a war film came out uh, a few years ago now in 1917. Have you seen it? Yes. Um, but in that, you've got these essentially one shot, these messengers basically in the war, runners, relay runners. Yes, yes. Um, but they've both got really distinct characters and personalities. Yeah. And so, kind of irrespective of the mission they've got to do, which is get a message from A to B, you just get these really engaging characters who mm. are on this sort of journey. Mm. If you think of Lord of the Rings, what's old uh, Rudy's name on there? Who? You know the movie Rudy? Rudy? Yeah. Mate, you tell me you don't know Rudy. <laughs> well, mate. All right, Rudy is this um, film about this underdog story. So I think it's a true story. Rudiger. And he goes to Notre Dame. Yeah. And he wants to make, he loves football, wants to make the football team, makes the deep, the B team, you know, mm -hmm. who are only there for trainings. Yeah. And he just goes a hundy. Every training goes hard, goes hard. And people say, man, give it up. You're too, you're not good enough. You're too small. You're too slow. But he just goes hard the whole time. And at the end of the film, spoiler alert, sorry, people. Um, all the players say, nah, man, I'm giving my juicy to Rudy. Wow. And he gets a cap. He plays. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome story. Now, the reason I mentioned that is the actor who played Rudy plays <laughs> uh, he plays Frodo's mate in Lord of the Rings. Frodo's mate who carries him into the stuff at the end. You know Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Bro, do you not know Lord of the Rings? I've watched that, but I, I was like, oh, when did well. it come out? Lord of the Rings came out about time. I can't even <laughs> tell you when it came out. Lord of the Rings came out, I think, 99. Well, that's a few weeks ago. <laughs> My memory's faded yeah, a little. but you are aware of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, basically, uh, Frodo has some mates, and he's got a best mate. Yes. And his best mate is played by the lead guy in Rudy. Okay. And Frodo's best mate's name is? Well, that's what I was asking you. Oh. Uh, but I know it. It's Sam. Yes. You know it now? Yes. Yes. So Samwise. Samwise. Samwise Gamgee. There we go. Is it Gamgee? Gamgee. Yes. Or Jamgee. Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> Samwise Gamgee <laughs> um, is a really interesting character. They Obviously, they go and destroy the rings, but you think about that character. Mm. It's a really rich character. He's not the main character. He's a bit player. He's a side, he's a, he's a side guy in this. Mm. He's a wingman. Yeah. But what a character he is. Right. Okay. Brave, stoic. Um, courageous, loyal. Frodo, spoiled Frodo. Tries Sam, to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tries to take off man. with it too, didn't he? So my point there, I guess, was was rich characters. Yeah, well, I, when she's talking about uh, her mentor during that, um, the writing program for Tihiriaka. Yes. Bugs. Yeah, so character, really important. Um, she was very cool, Steph, and I think she didn't go into too much detail on the um, appeal of his stories, but man, young people love these. Like, 
Flood of the Fanta, as I say, a school camp gone wrong. Yes. You know, there's something universal about that, that young people everywhere, man, you, you know. Well, most you kids know have that. gone on camp. Most kids right? have gone on school camp. So they've all been on a bus, they've been with their mates. They've probably thought about, oh, imagine if this happened. I've seen it in movies. Um, falling into Rarohinga. Jeez, one sibling superstar, the other one, oh, God. The other one, you know? Yeah. Anyone with a sibling would have, I mean, you, you'd appreciate that. <laughs> so those are universal um those are universal aspects of probably growing up there that she's obviously tapped into. Mm. Um I talked in that interview, Luke, about kid alt shows. Yes. And I know you probably again probably show my age and doing my all usual tragic eighties thing. But they were big, they were huge. There were steel riders, there was she talked about Nicole Kidman, the Henderson kids, it was big and Aussie, there was Under the Mountain. Did you know Under the Mountain? I heard of it, but I don't re remember it. Basically, much. these twins, and they go in under Rangitoto, and there are mud people. There's an, a creepy family called the Wilberforces, and they're actually mud people from another planet. Rangitoto blows up, and these twins have got these powerful stones. But they were really popular TV shows, but they really grabbed young people. Yeah. Another one called um, Sea Urchins, about these three Māori brothers who sailed around um, Hauraki Harbour, and they would um, cut off... Uh, Cooks and stuff it was pretty cool. So where would I find that sort of stuff then? Well, I'd be pretty keen. I've never been. Well, probably it. now I'm not here to um, say, "Hey, go and revive these TV shows from the '80s." <laughs> uh, but you can do on nzonscreen.com. We've kind of been doing um, that each episode. <laughs> no, but it's really more the genre for me, and the appeal of it was really popular. And you know, it was a good a good twenty years there, but it was all these things of young people in these roles. Um, so there's a real appeal to that. I think that's what. Fit, um, Steph has tapped into a lot with her work. Right. Another cool thing Steph talked about were these storylines tours. Do you know what those are? Well, yeah, we actually had one that was supposed to be coming here to our, to our college, but I think it went off somewhere else what was for it? some reason. Okay. Well, that's basically visiting authors, eh? Yes. Visiting yeah, authors yeah, yeah, and yeah. writers. Um, so it's a really cool way. If you get the right, like someone like Steph, you imagine her going to school. Really engaging, really uh, vibrant, good energy. Realistic, you yeah, know, yeah, pretty straight up. Says, hey, who loves reading? Well, hands don't go up, and we can all appreciate that. Um, what do you think is that real benefit for young people in our classes to talk with authors, meet authors, talk with them, talk with writers? I guess, uh, for me, maybe to see some value in it, you know, like, um, they hear us every single day, the same old teacher, hey, you should be doing this, we got to do this, hey, why don't we try this? To have someone else come in who um, is experienced and has um, the ability to capture their attention just because it's a different voice. And if it's, especially if it's someone like Steph who comes in so animated, um, you know, she's in to struggle through her third coffee at morning tea break, um, <laughs> coming off the back end of a duty where she's told some kids to pick up rubbish. You know, she's coming in hot. She's yeah. got the energy. She's got some awesome stories that are already behind her. She's got new ones that she needs to tell. I think writers in general... I know she was joking about it, but they have a story. Eh? You know, you hear that cliche, but everyone has a story. But writers do. That's their bread and butter. They've got these things ready to go. And that would engage kids. Kids, oh, yeah, man, what a cool person. Uh, even even what she talked about there, she's got a story lined up, the migration one. Yeah. Where, man, kids at a military school now have to fight off aliens. How cool does that sound? Yeah, it sounds like a... Um... It sounds like there's a little bit of a shift in 
and literature towards a little bit more of that. Like you got um, Tima, who we just had a good chat to. Got these two characters who do have superpowers. They go up to this area. Yeah, they're not fighting aliens, but they're sort of caught up in that dystopic sort of future. Um, Ender's Game follows a bit of yes. that too. So maybe there's a, a, a an audience out there for for that sort of literature and a New Zealand audience. Possibly. Well, absolutely. Um, do you remember? Uh, obviously, I'm a bit older than you, but in the '90s and before that, um, New Zealand music was kind of its own genre. Yeah. So you'd have New Zealand music; it was like its own genre. So um, you would have groups like um, I think it was the Straw People and um, <laughs> Salmon on a Dub, and um, there was some other, you know, Nine Inch Nine Inch Nails, New Zealand. Oh, I don't think so. Well, what, basically, what I, what I'm getting at is you had all these genres of music lumped under the New Zealand yeah. banner. Yeah. And I wonder if there's kind of a comparison sometimes with New Zealand writing that, hey, this is a this is a young person's New Zealand novel, or this is a Maori novel. Let's jump on this because you didn't have that luxury of a lot of choice. Yeah. And whatever it was, man, that's what it was. So, hey, awesome, we've got a New Zealand novel or a Maori novel here. Let's study this. Whereas now. We've talked about Fiti Hiriaka, we've yes. got her work, we've got Steph Martikus, we've got Tihima uh, Bakers, uh, there's a whole, I've been talking about Monty Suta, there's a whole lot of uh, Māori authors now with a broad selection of novels. Yeah. And so we think about our kids in our class, not just Māori, but that ability of choice, and here are three novels, didn't like these two, but here's one I really gravitated to. The kid right next to me, man, well, I hated that one, but geez, I really like this one over here. Just the ability to have some choice. Now, ability eh? of choice and ability to see, you know, we mentioned characters before, the ability to see characters that resonate with you. Here's a zombie story. Here's an alien story. Here's this story. Here's a coming of age story, you know? Mm. So now there's choice. And maybe choice is, is the thing that will engage. And hopefully, so, yeah, yeah. And the shift away from uh, that sort of darkness that's always yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. followed New Zealand literature through to, Actually, some uplifting, powerful stories yeah. where, where there's freedom and, and light. Absolutely. And it's not to say there's not a, um, an audience for a dark story. But if that's the only yeah. story, then that's probably been part of what's happened, I think, previously. Yeah. Oh, God. Whereas yeah. now, hey, if you love that, man, go for it. Yeah. I'm going to read about these Maori kids on another planet fighting aliens at school. Yeah, mean. Mm. One thing I definitely got out of that was um, when you're reading uh, Falling into Rarohinga, like I said before, and it's just two names at the top of each chapter, side by side, the two twins, and how it just shifts the perspective by just having one in bold and one not. So automatically, straight away, the first word on the page tells us exactly whose perspective it is. So that simplicity and the approach for the kids to be able to follow, I think, would pay dividends. But also then to be able to um, get them into a writing task how she'd said oh why don't you have them writing in different perspectives so it's the same thing I now I take it from I don't know this character yeah me to have the kids sort of build their stories by short paragraphs that just tell the same story but from a different person's eyes or pair yeah, of shoes I mean um, there's something similar in Flight of the Fantail it's almost like we're going tit for tat on her two yeah. novels here but in Flight of the Fantail what we discussed too is that the short, sharp paragraphs, and some of them are just a page. Yeah. So somewhere in there, again, whether consciously or 
subconsciously, it's consideration about how people are going to read this. I think I made that comment a few episodes back about the Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, Susan Collins. Mm. I knew it was Susan Collins. I just took a chance to really <laughs> show you that I'm not just a movie guy. <laughs> don't ask me about someone you know, else. Rudy. You know, Rudy. <laughs> um, but I think there was a conscious decision that these short, sharp paragraphs enhance the reading experience. Yeah, I think like with our shortening attention spans, maybe that's the way novels will increasingly become with for our young people anyway. Short, sharp, but continual. And, and little uh, cliffhangers at the end of these paragraphs. And these I, chapters. Yeah, I wish someone told that to those Bronte sisters that I had to read in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Wuthering Heights, I think it was, or who was Mr. Darcy? God. <laughs> <laughs> Tough grind. There's some long ones. Apologies to all the lovers of the classics out there. Not a fan over here. A massive, probably the biggest mistake I ever made in my life was selecting um, the romantic or literature <laughs> for university. <laughs> The worst uh, paper I've ever chosen. I, yeah. Shocker. Romantic Absolute literature. shocker. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tough. Shelley. Um, oh, yeah. Was it Mary Shelley? Mary Shelley? No, 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 no. She wrote Frankenstein. Eh? Was it Lord Byron? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked that on the head. No, no, no. Frankenstein's solid. 18 years old. Was she when she wrote that? Mary Shelley. Yeah? Not sure, but I always like to... Um, Make money off the fact Frankenstein was the doctor's name, not the monster. The monster. The monster wasn't Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. The doctor was Frankenstein. So you make money off that? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I bet people. I bet you. What's the name of this monster? <laughs> oh, Frankenstein. Wrong. Ten bucks? Well, no one's actually. Yeah. People have lives and haven't made their bet with me yet. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, Steph, really interesting. Obviously, got a knack for a genre and an audience. Yes. And a knack for little things that help engage people in the reading process. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely that passion. Like straight off the bat, she's yeah. coming in with a whole heap of energy. And so you can see if you're a yeah. young person sitting in, in her class, mate, yeah. you got to come in with that same level. And reading her stories. Yes. What I like too, there's some real good, you talked about it, things she spoke about. You said, man, that's actually a really good writing task. Mm. The perspective one, I think, would be really cool. So great to talk to someone else, um, writing cool stuff, getting published, getting stories out there for our kids. Absolutely. One thing that also I thought would be pretty cool, I've never really thought about it, but get kids to jump straight into action, like their screenplays. Don't worry about writing how the sun filters through the, the ferns. Get straight into some dialogue or some action. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Hey, just for some... Some, some of the kids, they don't want to write these long flying verses with yeah. superlative adjectives and just jump straight into it. Mm, way to go, drop some good jargon in there. Good English I'm not sure teaching whether, jargon. Not, not sure whether it makes sense or not. Superlatives, <laughs> adjectives. I like it, Luke. Yeah. Sean, we're not just uh, we're not just voices here. We know our stuff. We're learned. <laughs> we're learned. Learned. We're learned. Learned voices. <laughs> All right, out there, uh, listeners, hey, we hope it's been uh, useful. Again, hope you enjoyed another chat. Uh, Steph Martiku, really cool to talk to, really engaging, doing some cool stuff. Um, yeah, if you haven't already, um, give your stuff a read. Again, I've, I've um, done one of your novels with the class and they really enjoyed it. All right, uh, stay tuned next time because we're going to be back talking about uh, that classic underdog film, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs>